0: Hi, I'm Dubba. I'm the director of Music Tech Fest, and this is the MTF Podcast. At our recent MTF Frankfurt event at Music Mesa, we ran the MTF Labs, which featured a diverse group of completely brilliant experts drawn from the global MTF innovator community. They created new concepts and prototypes around a range of themes and challenges and then performed with them on stage. And I spoke to Helen Lee about that on the podcast a couple of weeks back. Now, alongside that, we also ran what we called the MTF Pro Labs, our exclusive VIP Innovation Masterclass for industry executives and not just music industry. It was a unique insight into how innovation works, how it can be applied, and how organizations can provide the environment and resources necessary to foster and manage that process. And it took place in an environment where the attendees could see and interact with live examples and some of the best innovators in the world doing their thing. Now, one of the people taking part in the MTF Pro Labs was Marlies Andress. She's the Lean and Process Manager in charge of continuous improvement of efficiency and quality at a German company you might have heard of. It's called Lufthansa. I took Marlies aside to talk about her work, her background and her approach to innovation. Now, Marlise is originally from Venezuela, and so we touched on some of what's going on politically in that country right now and how we might make sense of some of that. And we also spoke a little about the cultural differences between her experiences growing up in Latin America and her work leading innovation at the largest commercial airline in Germany. And so while the aviation industry might be worlds away from the music tech sector in many ways, that certainly doesn't mean there aren't lessons to be learned from one domain to another, and it also doesn't necessarily mean that there can't be dancing. Here's Marlies. Marlies, thank you so much for joining us for the MTF podcast.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: I'm trying to make sense of why you're here, because we're at MTF in Frankfurt, and Music and technology, or music technology particularly, that's not your industry. Tell me a little bit about what you do.
1: Um, I actually work in a completely different industry, yes. I work for Lufthansa. Uh And what I do is called lean and process management. Mm -hmm. So basically my job is to go to the stations around the world and help people to understand that if they have a challenge, there are different ways of looking at it and finding solutions. So basically my biggest challenge is how do I bring our stations, which are really operational focus, to think about innovation in their daily lives Uh and to break the routine they have been creating maybe for 30 years, 35, 40 years. And to start looking at the same things they have seen all of this time in completely new eyes, without forgetting completely the lessons learned that they have gathered during those times. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're, innovation is so important, and also to try to bring a true creative methods.
0: So you've just come out of the MTF Pro Labs, the Innovation Masterclass. What was your impression? What did you get from it?
1: Of course, I didn't have such a, um, a deep understanding on many of the examples, what it means for the music industry, But I I don't have to understand everything to understand the impact that definitely innovation and the methodologies that were discussed have, not only in the music industry, but in other industries like, for example, in ours. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly a little bit what I took with me, is that how these same ideas or methodologies that are being used right now to do completely new things in music can be transferred into any other type of industry. And of course, uh, that also inspires new ideas on my side on how can I approach the same topic in my work, for example.
0: So putting creativity at the center, which obviously happens with music and technology, is something that can be applied across other sectors.
1: Yes, but especially also the idea of breaking completely the line and how to break the line. So to put it in a, not to say in a controlled environment, but to actually do it with purpose, to say, okay, today we're breaking the line, we're breaking the, the status quo, and we're going to do it with the intention of doing innovation.
0: How it, difficult is that to do within the context of a big industry like a, like an airline?
1: In our case, um, we have a, a generational difference because most of our employees uh, we have an average of age of 45 Mm -hmm. so that means our younger generation which is now not we we don't have as many younger generations yet we are trying to work um, especially in that area but that means that of course we're talking about people doing the same job for many many years in in the average employee, so to say, and to ask from them to completely break it. That means we have in in the culture is still a very conservative culture, trying to move to a very innovative culture, breaking many of the paradigmas that lie between those two opposites sometime, but actually trying to make them understand that they're not opposites.
0: Is that difficult mainly because it's an airline or also because it's a German airline? <laughs>
1: Um, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that question. I think it's not a problem um, or a challenge that only airlines have or only in Germany. Um, I think it's in general a culture question also. Um, For example, in my case that I was born in Venezuela, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was never a question, should I change or do I need to change? It was a reality. So basically... um, if anybody knows a little bit of what's happening right now in Venezuela, every single day you have to find uh, a solution for the problem right now and try to think also uh, in the perspective, how do I deal with this if it keeps happening? Mm. We have the, the example right now of electricity that basically, um, you don't know if you can count with something that in most places are basic. right? And... Um, There are other cultures that due to their history from the last years, they count with a stability that helps them to be able to see change as something sporadic instead of something that is daily doing. Mm -hmm. And that may be uh, a little bit more, make it a little bit more complicated to see innovation as something that I want to do. But instead of something that I have to do, right?
0: Something born out of necessity and and uh, dealing with the day-to-day things. What can you apply from from that context, and particularly of Venezuela right now, uh, to a kind of a more structured and formal, uh, you know, controlled environment like a, like a like a German airline?
1: A Part of uh, actually my job is exactly to do that is when I go to a station, then what I do is to see also what are they doing that is innovation that they don't even know that is innovative uh-huh. and try to create, it sounds ironic, but uh, a standard out of it. So how did they come up with this innovation that we can reproduce in other stations so that we can share those Good practices, so to say, or that knowledge.
0: Right. So you're not actually taking the innovation; you're taking the process that led to that innovation. Yes. Right. Interesting. Yeah,
1: because it's basically, it, if we break it down, uh, we are able to reproduce it. If we um, most people, when they see a good practice, what they try to do is reproduce exactly what has been done to come up with that innovation. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the reality in different places is completely different or the resources you have. or Therefore, in my experience, it's easier and, and it has better result if you try to reproduce the logic behind it instead of the result.
0: Can I ask where in Venezuela you're from originally?
1: Maracay is the city, uh-huh, okay. uh, but I lived many years in Caracas, in the capital city.
0: Right, because I spent a little bit of time in Caracas, and okay. when I was there, people said to me, you know, you haven't been to Venezuela, you've been to Caracas. It's a different thing. There's a, there's something that is kind of unique about that. Can you d- just talk, tell me a little bit, about, I'm just curious what that difference is.
1: Well, I, I think that's the same difference that you will find in any country between the main city and, and other cities. Um, we have regional cultural uh, characteristics that uh, differentiate one part of the country to another. Yeah. We have certain uh, cities that are definitely uh, bigger from, from the amount of, of um, habitants that it has. And this also, of course, influences the opportunities you have in those cities. Uh, Caracas, for example, is um, one that has uh, universities. And for many years, it was one that had the best universities. Therefore, if you wanted to have some kind of um, of education with a future recognized uh, around the world, then that was the place to be. That doesn't mean that other cities didn't have the opportunities, but then it had less universities, for example, with the same kind of status. Therefore, it was also harder to come in, and most of the other universities were private, whereas in Caracas you had good quality of education, uh, public and public universities. Therefore, they were the, it opened other doors for. Uh, people in general. And this is the same that you will find, I think, in many, many countries in general. But yes, um, Caracas in itself has a very particular um, culture. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, what is interesting in Venezuela is that even if every um, region has their own typical characteristic part, um, it will definitely... Right now, especially, you find a pride in being Venezuelan. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter from which part you are, uh-huh. even um, especially because of the situation that many people has have to leave the country. Then, when they find each other outside the country, that is an immediate connection that exists. I think for anybody that has lived in a country where they had to leave the country, mm-hmm. and not not so much because they wanted to. Then they will understand this type of connection that you will have with with a person that understands this kind of background.
0: What's going on in Venezuela at the moment that we might not be aware of or might not really kind of uh, understand uh, from from an outside perspective?
1: Um, this is a very personal opinion. Uh, I don't know if any other Venezuelans will share it or not. I'm pro- sure. probably I'm going to get in a lot of trouble <laughs> for I'm, mentioning this. I'm
0: specifically this. asking your opinion.
1: Yes. Um, in my opinion, the most challenging thing about Venezuela is that the the crisis that we have had has been something that has been building on for a lot of years, um, around 20 years now. However, the comment that I get more often is, right now the situation in Venezuela is really bad, right? And I'm like, the part of right now is very subjective because it's it's the right now has been 20 years. Mm. So it's not... Last week is not one month, it's not one year. We're talking about a development and the constraints that you have socially, culturally, economically, that has, of course, now called the attention of people outside Venezuela. But it doesn't mean that the situation was much better years ago. I remember about 15 years ago, if I remember correctly, most of the countries stopped completely working for three months. Completely. Hmm. And that was almost 15 years ago or even longer. And this is the type of things that are still happening right now. But right now, people outside hear it. Right. So, um, of course, it's getting worse and worse because the longer you have a problem, then it gets more...
0: Intense, I guess. Intense,
1: yes. But um, I think the most important thing is to understand this is not something that happened from yesterday to today this is something that um venezuelans have to live with it for so long it gets to a point where where you cannot live with it anymore so that push people against the wall right. and um yes this is happening in very different ways right now electricity is the last one but um yeah, there are many other examples, and what I can say is definitely that if you don't know what it means, then it's hard to understand the situation itself.
0: But you have experience of life before that 20 years began. What were you like growing up and at an early age that led you to where you are now, that, that became somebody who teaches innovation processes uh, within large institutions? What was, was sort of the young girl Marlies doing?
1: Um, I have a very uh, strange background, so to say, but it's a background that may mirror many realities for Venezuelans. Uh, Both of my parents are from different nationalities. My mom is from Costa Rica. My dad is from Germany, born in Venezuela, but from German parents. Uh And I was born in Venezuela. So when I was growing up, I was uh, basically a culture mixture, so to say. Mm -hmm. And that... uh, Gave me from a very early age a different perspective on how things were in theory supposed to be done and how they were actually happened because I was taught at home Certain things, for example, punctuality, and if you say your word, you have to keep it. And in a culture where punctuality is being two hours after the time you agreed, (laughs) or (laughs) agreements is more like um, something informal instead of something formal. So basically, it was already a clash of, of values that made me understand that one of them is not necessarily right and the other one is wrong. It's basically, if you mix both of them, you can do something very interesting out of it. And that has a lot of similarities with innovation, so to say, because it's about um, cutting with the strict rules of this has to be done this way. You actually break those barriers and try to see the the blank spaces, like we said in in, in the innovation course that we just had, is try to see in between the gaps that you have and how those different types of knowledge mix each other. For me, it was a huge um, uh, cultural crash when I came to Germany, which stereotypically is uh, known as a very innovative country with a lot of new ideas, and is that what I found is not that it's not there, but... It's in a very controlled environment and very conservative environment instead of a uh, flexibility that I was used to. It's where a rule in Latin America can be more interpreted right. instead of followed. Here, rules are to be followed. Mm-hmm. And these rules, of course, also mean that uh, you probably are going to be able to see things only through the eyes of this rule instead of challenging the rule. And with this, I'm not saying to go against the rule, but... It's basically understand what the rule is trying to accomplish and understand, can you do the same that you want to do with the rule in other ways? And again, it's about breaking a little bit. So understanding the logic of the rule instead of so only blindly following the rule. Hmm. So at the end, you will have, if you understand the logic, you will still do what the rule wants you to do, but maybe in a completely innovative way.
0: Right, that makes a lot of sense. One of the things that I noticed when I was in Venezuela was it seemed like, uh, and maybe this is sort of an oversimplification, but it seemed like everybody there was able to dance before they were able to walk. <laughs> you, you play, like you you hear any music, and where this really struck me is I was in a car. We were going into what was ostensibly one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in the world. And the car in front of us was playing some loud salsa music and there was an old woman carrying big bags of heavy shopping up the road. And as the car playing the music went past her, she, she just danced uh, you know, as she was going about her day, and then the car passed, and then she she continued, and it was like this connection. Uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it, other than this sort of this kind of hardwired connection that there is. Sort of, there's music is in the blood. Uh, was that your experience growing up? Are, are you, you know? Are you musical? Do you dance? Is, you know? Have I interpreted this correctly?
1: Well, it's not my personal experience because I actually started dancing with 15. I remember it was. Uh, from my sister a party i think it was her birthday party mm-hmm. and she had invited her friends and one of the guys asked me to dance and i didn't know how to dance wow. by that moment and then i told him if you teach me i will learn and basically since then i haven't been able to stop so honestly what you learn is not so much about the steps you learn about the passion behind the music so um, And I think this is something that you can, uh, any Latino will be able to relate. It's like you hear music and you feel the music instead of thinking about the music. You actually feel the beats and feel the movements and you let yourself go. And this has been a challenge, for example, in Germany, where if I hear salsa here, I want to dance salsa. And then what I get is taught steps from a school that is based from uh, Southside New York, which is completely different steps that I know. And then they start telling me, it's like, you don't know how to dance. And I'm like, well, <laughs> actually, what you're doing is following steps, yeah. not dancing, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very different definitions, I think, of what it means to dance to music. Yeah and in, in in my case specifically is you dance to what the music makes you feel not to what you think the music is supposed to represent
0: because I know that in Brazil, particularly, uh, salsa has been incorporated into things like football in order to improve the way that the players move and think and operate and, and act. And I wonder if there's a way in which you know you could use music and dance and, and the feeling of salsa to improve how people operate on the ground at an airport. Is, is there some way you can take that, uh, that feeling and, and then operating from a feeling rather than from a set of instructions that might be innovative?
1: I actually had never thought about integrating literally <laughs> to actually put music there, uh, but I do use in the sessions um, that I do with them uh, many things that result from the dancing. For example, I'm usually talking for three days straight. Uh-huh. and. Uh, get bored if I don't use, for example, my own intonation or if I do like many of the things that I do have to do with my Latino background, so to say, with the movement of the hands or how do I do certain topics, how do I present or even being spontaneous in certain things. So, for example, it's silly things, but small details that then when I get the feedback, from the group, it seems that it made a change. For example, when somebody mentions a name or a certain word that triggers in me a a song, I just sing it. And it has happened that during the workshop then some people start singing with me or dancing with me, but it's it's something spontaneous, it's not planned. So it's basically a little bit more on how to get the, the group to interact with you and to feel comfortable with you. And definitely music helps with that. Mm. Uh, however, I haven't talked to the extreme to actually <laughs> put a song and, and see what happens, no. Sure. But it will be an interesting idea, why not? Yeah,
0: but do you think that that's the connection for innovation? It's not about following the steps. It's about uh, finding out where the passion takes you.
1: For me, it is more about uh, looking at what you look and then breaking whatever rules you are following with what you were looking. So being aware... Of which rules are you putting on yourself for that specific moment and then challenge yourself to change those rules. Again, I'm not talking about breaking them literally, but it's just being able to try to observe the same through other perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely key.
0: We have this kind of assumption that uh, what we do in music tech and, and a music tech fest and the innovation uh, sort of arena that we work in, uh, that all of the other industries could learn from what we do. What could we learn from the aviation industry?
1: That would be very interesting. I think in general, the, the part of um, how we approach the topic, for example, right now, in we, we try to look a lot about what do people want from us? So for example, we have uh, a lot of data, for example, of passengers, of feedback, of what we do uh, that is, is giving a good um, result and what it's not. And actually being able to analyze that data to be able to create new products and, and do active innovation, so to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that in general it can be applied everywhere. Um, In my personal opinion, data is not being used now to its full potential. I, I see it in small examples, even inside our own company, that I get a file and says, look, this reflects this. And I look at the file and I see so much potential of the same data. And I ask, have you thought of this and this? And at the end, I ask them 10 questions about the same one where I only got one topic and I see... I think this is something that mostly other industries are doing right now more than maybe in the music industry, Mm. that we definitely can take more out of, or learn more, get active feedback from this data. We don't have to always ask or interview people about it. We can just, so to say, listen to them through the data, because there it's more transparent.
0: Because we talk about uh, the music industry being data-driven, but what you're talking about uh, sounds more like being data-led. That's, uh, that's what you respond to, is the, is the information that you're getting back from your customers and, and, uh, and kind of creating products based on the, the clear needs and desires of the people who use what you do. Yes. Fantastic. Marlise, thank you so much for your time today.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Marlies Andres, Lean and Process Manager at Lufthansa and Industry Participant in the MTF Pro Labs Innovation Masterclass we ran at the recent MTF Frankfurt at Music Messe. And that's the MTF podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can do that on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're at Music Tech Fest pretty much everywhere. In the meantime, if you can share, like, rate, review, recommend, or just mention the podcast in conversation with your friends, we'd really appreciate it. I'll catch you next time. Have a great week you.